Hello everyone, and welcome back to my first season. Greg and I worked together at Clement Cancun in 2004. My first season was also in Cancun, but in the winter of 2000-2001 as a barge year. Fun fact number one, I went back to Clement in 2019 to Punta Cana to be the GM of the Indigo Beach Town. Fun fact number two, at the same time I was in Punta Cana, my oldest niece was doing her first season in Columbus. She was the same age I was during my first season. Clement is certainly a family affair. My name is Eric, and this is my first season. Eric, comment ça va? Tout va bien? Hey, Greg, how you doing, bud? Good, good. Uh, uh, true or false, we are both from Montreal. Yes, sir. All right. Nice to have uh, Montreal <laughs> represented here today. Thank you, thank you. I'm trying to think if we've seen each other since our season in Cancun, 2004. I don't think so. Did you do 2004, 2005, or just like the, the first half of that season? No, I did the full year. I did. Oh, okay, the, that's, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did the full year. I, I, I left in, I think it was November. Okay, yeah, that's so. right. All right, we will get back to that. But first, we want to know about your first season. And um, <laughs> so since you're from Montreal, if you can take me back in time to, uh, I don't know what you were doing, where were you working, where were you going to school, and how did you, when did you first hear about Club Med? So back in those days, I was already, uh, I was a bit, I was, uh, I was a late bloomer when it comes to the bar and the restaurant scene. Like I was in my uh, mid twenties when I started working as a bartender and I was working in a golf course in the bazaar and a colleague oh, of mine there. That but, I didn't well, know wait, Eric, Eric can I back yeah. you up a sec? So where did you learn how to bartend? Did you learn or did you just learn on the job? Did you take a course? Oh my God. I, uh, my, my first career was music. Oh, really? And and then I, I I did I I did a year in I'm so I'm backtracking the story but oh no I want to hear about music now before so, the yeah what I mean is is going to link to to it <laughs> okay okay good <laughs> so I I did I did my jazz I did a one year jazz studies in Concordia University oh really and uh, yeah so I I I was planning to be a uh, a jazz musician and you know obviously live on peanut butter and 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 you know hopes and dreams you know? what what, was, what what instrument I, I'm a saxophone player oh okay. Yeah, that's my main instrument. So yeah, so so in in my mid twenties, early mid twenties, at one point, I guess I got tired of eating peanut butter and not really knowing what was going to happen with my life. So I became a bartender. So had, I was had, making more money behind the bar than in front of the bar. But how did you, how did you do that? Was there a course given somewhere? Because a friend of mine took a yeah, course. Yeah, so. so actually, no. So yeah, that's what I was going to say. So yes, yeah. I actually did take a course, and and it's funny because the um when i when i stopped university I, I was taking one year sabbatical so that's like 20 30 years ago <laughs> so that sabbatical is pretty long then i had the, the senior which was a very good friend of mine back then i was like, okay i'm quitting i don't know what i'm gonna do i just i you know in that state of mind it's trying to reinvent my life and she was a very close friend of mine and she's like you know what eric she goes you should be a bartender i see you bartending so she's the first person who like kind of pushed me during in that direction and uh, yeah, in Montreal, there were like a small school somewhere downtown, I don't remember. Uh, and that's, it was like a two-week affair. Uh, you were learning basic drinks and techniques and stuff. So I started that way. I went, I went to class. They were replacing people and uh, they found me a job in the Italian restaurant here in the West Island. And that's how I started. That's how I started uh, serving drinks instead of drinking them. Okay. Well, yeah, this is, this brings me to, cause when my friend, if you might've went, you might've gone at the same time, like we would, so when he would learn a drink at the end of the week, we would drink the drink. Now, now were you doing that? Like, were you having friends over to try out your Harvey wall bangers or whatever? Did this happen? Yeah. At all? Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's exactly how, how I remembered. Okay. You, you become pretty popular when you do a bartending class. <laughs> do you, did you have a signature drink you like to make or was your favorite people liked? Actually, I, I came with a couple of one when I was in Clement. Really? Uh, like, yeah, I came like, with a couple of one. Like what? So the, the one I really remember, we called it the last call. Okay. And no, no, no. That's that wasn't it. Sorry, not the last call. It was a sure thing. You're right. It was a sure thing. And, and it was some kind of twist on a Cosmo. It was a Cosmo with my God, what was it? Uh we, we put we put Blue Carasso instead of Triple Sec. And Oh my God, that was a, that was an extra liquor because your 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 basic Cosmo was like vodka, triple sec, cranberry juice, and voila, you got a Cosmo. You know, you you rim a, a slice of orange on your glass, and it gives some nice flavor and all that. And you got your your uh, your Cosmo. So I replaced the triple sec with the uh, with blue um, blue Carasso, which is triple sec just uh, with the with the tint in it. And I can't remember the other ingredients, so I, I added one thing to it. 
Oh, it's Man. okay. If you can remember right. it, we'll, we'll add it. It was like, Geo's <laughs> and GMs alike were like, every time they came to the bar, it wasn't Cancun, actually. It was my, oh, I, it was I during my first season. I it could was always, my first season in 2000 that I did. I could always add the, uh, when you remember it later, I could always add the recipe to your episode to. Uh, description so the listeners can make it. <laughs> summer's <laughs> coming up. But uh, another thing, so I, I, I used to frequent bars a lot. Have you ever heard of the drink called the Hairy Gorilla? And if so, has anyone? I, ever, I heard the name. Has anyone ever requested it? Have you ever done it? <laughs> I've never done it. I, okay, so uh, I don't even know what's in it, but well, I might have heard the well, name. Well, interesting enough. What do you call the rubber mats that you put on the bar that catches all the spilled drinks? Like, does this have a name or just rubber mats? Yeah, rubber mat. Okay, so what the hairy gorilla is, is at the end of the night at three o'clock, lights come on, you take a shot glass and a person asks for hairy gorilla, you dump whatever alcohol has been accumulated in the rubber mat and you pour it <laughs> into the shot and they drink it. And it's as bad as it sounds. Yes, because I know it is. there are things you're, oh. things you're not supposed to mix that go in there. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so you're, no. so you're, you're bartending, you're bartending. Uh, how did you, did you see an ad for Club Med? How, when did you first, like, what was the spark? Where, where'd you first see Club Med? So, yeah. So I, I was at the, at the, the golf course in, in the Bizarre. And my colleague that worked there, at the moment, I did. I never knew she, she did Club Med. I didn't know she was part of the recruiting team and all that. I didn't know nothing about it. And it was like the end of the season. And I was, you know, golf course, you, you finish around September and there's nothing for the winter. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do for the next, you know, six, seven, eight yes, months? Uh, yes. To all the Fleur, uh, people from Florida listening. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Montreal, we have an end of season. You guys are like, what does he mean? End of season. We golf all year long. Yes. We're again, we're from Montreal. Snow's coming. September is the end of season. Okay. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> no, no, you, you got a great point there because you have a lot of people from around the world will be listening to this. And yeah, sorry guys. We have a winter in Quebec. <laughs> yes. It lasts nine months. Okay. <laughs> and then some. Yeah. So, <laughs> So yeah, so so the you know I was talking to some colleagues and then the, the, this this girl named um, this girl just comes to me. And she goes, you know what? You should apply to Club Man. You know, you got the personality, this and that. She goes, I heard they're doing a porte ouverte, open door uh, recruiting in Montreal, and she's like very, being very a bit like secretive about her involvement. And she's really like pushing me, like, oh, I've heard about it. And, Wait, excuse like, me, okay, Eric, excuse me, like, Eric. Eric, was yeah. this the same person that suggested you be a bartender, or is this a different friend? No, no, different person. Yeah, no, okay. a different life. Like at, at that point, like it's where we're a few years forward. Okay. And uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm in uh, probably like my third life at that point. <laughs> and where, where, where was this uh, open casting call in Montreal? Was that a hotel? It was at the hotel. Yeah, it's similar to what they still do today. Okay. So I get there, and at the entrance, the person that are greeting me, she's right there. So, so Sarah's right there at the table. And I'm like, what the heck are you doing here? And she starts smiling. And she goes, well, I couldn't really tell you I was involved. But welcome to, you know, the... Uh, so anyways, that, that's how it started for me. That's how my Clement love story started, is, is literally someone suggesting that I should try it out. Wait, so Sarah was a recruiter for Clement? She was a recruiter, yeah. Okay. Now, what kind of... Uh, I, I love interview stories because I heard so many. So do they make you uh, tell jokes on stage? Did you have to uh, sing a song, dance? What did they make you do or have to do? All of the above. <laughs> okay. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, so, so it really was. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, we started in a in, in a big room with like everybody that was there that they were all together at the same time, and then they they gave us the the the, the basic speech about it. This is Clamed. This is what to expect, and this is what we expect of you if you get the job, and this is how it's going to work. Next step, and you know, like the the big lines, and then they separated us in groups of uh, I think it was like five or six. I'm not too sure exactly. A few years ago. And then we we had to uh, we had to come up with um, a little sketch. I can't remember what was the subject about it. There was there was like something specific about it. I can't remember what it was. But uh, so we we had to organize ourselves and and come up with a little something. So like they wanted to see who had the entertainment fi uh, fiber in them, obviously. So yeah, so that, that's basically what it was. And then you you get up with the, your little group, and you had to act that little skit that you just came up with uh in, in a very short period of time let's put it this way yeah and um yeah th that's basically an, a clement interview they, they want to know if you're uh, if you're able to uh, be in front of a crowd and and act silly <laughs> and did they explain uh, during this interview process did they explain to you i mean in 2000 you would have had a day off so did they tell you you'd, you'd have a day off and what the hours were I'm trying to remember if they actually went that deep in that first interview. I don't think so. I think it, it, that came more after when they, they call you back and say, okay, we're interested in having you. 
when can you leave? Like, it, 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 there was like a second stage at that back in those days. I don't know if it's still like that. It was really like, you know, you finish the interview, you go home, you don't know if you got the job or not, you know, and then you may or may not get a phone call. Uh, and then you get your phone call and whoever's the recruiter is like, okay, well, you know, we, we are interested in you. Uh, when could you leave so that we know when we can place you? And here's some details. And I believe they were sending us an email about that, yeah, about that, like days off and stuff like that. So yeah, 2000 was the, was it the first couple of years that we had a day off? Uh, well, not, it started around 99, I believe. I did, okay. So it was around that time. Cause I remember well, my first season, I was, I was very lucky when I, I, I worked with guys like Red, Freddy, Boondog, uh my god um uh what's his name is the, the, the what is key uh he's still in cancun scott scott, scott smith yeah. um so so and then i'm missing so many more you know like all these guys hammer was a chef de village there it was his last season in the village well wait well wait a minute let's back up a bit uh from the time yeah. you had your interview yeah sorry how, yeah. How, how long did you get the call <laughs> to say okay you're in was it was it weeks days Oh my god it was fast uh less than a week i would say oh okay good oh yeah i mean and, I, I think they were like they were really looking. They were really, really looking for people right away because um, uh, I, I basically went. My first season started at the end of the like a, a month, if not two months, at the end of the, the previous season. So they, they were finishing their season for at least a month, if not more, and then I, I walked into the the, the winter season. So um, you would have you would have arrived around. Um, you mean like November of of two thousand? Uh, no, I got there like uh, late September, early October. Okay. Like really, like like basically at the the tail end of the summer season, which normally, like it was really early for us to be there, season wise. You know, like normally, like normally it's more like you said, like it's more November. You get the new people in for the winter, late October, early November. But I was there like in September. Uh, I don't remember what day, but yeah, so I was there a bit early, and yeah, all I was there with all these superstars, like the the Clement legends, you know, that people still remember today. Uh, and had you gone impressive. to a uh, any resort before? Before you went to Cancun, like even like Clement White, no, no, okay. I knew nothing about Clement. I mean, I knew Clement, like a lot of people in Quebec. Uh, you know, in the was it in the eighties that uh, Dominique uh, Michel was like a spokesperson for eighties uh, or not, well, I think it was in the eighties. So everybody kind of heard about Clement, saw ads, and you know the mythical side of Clement. You know, so so I knew that, but I didn't know much about it. Uh, yeah, I didn't know much about it when I got kind of directed in that direction. <laughs> and, and from what you and from the names you mentioned, so since it was your first season, did you know that you were walking into a, a team that sounds like pretty stacked? If Hammer was a Chiva Village and Red and Fred, I mean, did you did you know at the time, or it's only when you left you went, oh boy, that was a that was a pretty good team. It's when uh, when when the season changed. Like no, so to answer your question, no, I did not know that that was not normal. I thought Clement that was like all these great guys and girls and wow we're gonna have some fun you know so that for me my first couple of months it was like a, a mind-blowing experience because all these seasoned geos and 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 leaders and all that it, it was like the, the village was running running like incredibly well so do you remember arriving like the first time oh. to the village do you remember, oh, man, do you remember? okay and uh, how, how was it were you nervous overwhelmed i would say almost because it's 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 pretty impressive when you walk into that, you know, Cancun. You, if and those of you that haven't been to Cancun, and it changed a, a little bit the entrance since back in those days, but still. So basically, your your bus or your your shuttle takes you, and and you're at the tail end of all the the resorts, all the hotels. So for a while, you're you're driving, and there's nothing more. Little turn, a little left turn, or no right turn because you're going for the airport. You take a little right turn. And you 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 drive for a while on, on a, some kind of a street that brings you to the front desk, but there's nothing around you. You 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 feel like you're basically like driving into the middle of the of the jungle. Or I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that's how I felt, especially for the first season that I was. That's how I felt. And then you finally start seeing some buildings of the the resorts, and then you get to the front desk. And I was arriving at this. Uh, if I remember correctly, I was arriving at sometimes a big arrival. I don't know if it was the Montreal arrival or something like that. So as a geo, I wasn't in the bus with the GMs. We were in a private shuttle. But you still get there and you see all these geos that are just preparing to welcome the, the, the new arrivals of the GMs. And the, 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 the reception of the front desk man is buzzing with vibes and energy and all that. And you're walking into this. And I had my, chef, my, my bar manager at the time, Philip, that was waiting for me. And I got there and he's like, Eric, nice to meet you. And it was a French guy. He had this thick accent in English. It was kind of funny. But a great guy nonetheless. 
and welcoming me and this it goes it goes okay just so you know we're busy i want to make sure that i see you so this person's going to take you to your room settle in come and see me at the the main bar at that time if you don't know where it is ask someone they'll tell you and it was like like a two minute speech basically that he gave you because they, they were busy obviously he goes come and see me. we'll take some time later but take the time get go to your room take a shower you know settle in and then that you know a couple hours later just meet me there and we'll have a drink and you know, I'll tell you everything you need to know. So that's basically how it started. <laughs> was was he from France? Yeah, it was a French uh, show the boss. So I want to ask you a question. So did you struggle like I did my first season when you started meeting Parisians and then you realized <laughs> they were speaking a different language? Because I, I realized <laughs> I had never spoken to someone from France my whole time growing up. And I thought I knew French. But when I got to Clamed, I was like, what? All the words were different. So did you have any of that? culture shock i guess you could call it or any of the language miscommunication. not not as not, not that no not that much uh french is my first language so you know i, I yes got that, I but, the, but, but, the, but they say chaussette for socks and we don't no, I, I, did, I did i didn't know the word you know there were so many words that were different you know that i you know uh, I, I didn't know what voiture meant you know uh, so i had yeah, to like yeah. relearn no. both i mean <laughs> I, I see what you mean, and it, it is confusing when you start listening to that. But uh, but I had been exposed to uh, to France and Paris uh, younger. Yeah, I traveled there. Uh, okay. Younger with ah, parents. okay, okay. So, so that's so it. I I had that uh, you know like uh, breaking point, not breaking point. Sorry, I had that that you know uh, exposure. Okay, to, good. To their interesting way of saying things. Let's put it this way. <laughs> yeah. Where did you uh, Where did you travel to in France? Do you recall? Uh, when I was younger, we. Uh, Paris was was the main thing, and mm-hmm. a few places around it. Later on, in uh, like much later on, I did Valence and the, the the what they call the the, the Midi de France, like the center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it. I love I love the the more the southern France. Paris itself, I'm I I don't know. I it's it's just not for me. <laughs> oh, I love I loved it. <laughs> I love Paris. And well, the southern yeah, southern France is is beautiful yeah. too as well. Opio and Dies. So you settle in now where the, I guess the hours weren't, even though you had a day off, the hours were, I guess you were accustomed to, because I'm sure in Montreal you had to work, I don't know, uh, pretty long shifts too, right? Yeah, but it was, uh, I mean, y- you do, obviously, uh, especially in the, in the the food industry in general. Like when, when you work in a club, uh, a golf course, you do a lot of banquets and so like that. So the banquets are, you're, you're 10, 12 hour days, you're already doing them. But it's still, um, what was a, the, the, the adjustment period for me when I started climbing, it was really about, at the bar itself, uh, uh, and it's not because bar is hard than anything else. We all work hard over there. Don't get me wrong, but our schedule at the bar was very uh, uh, like like in pieces. Basically, you you'd have to be there for a couple hours during the day, and then in the, in the afternoon, and then you come back at night to close the bar. And then so it was always like, okay, I work for you know four or five hours, then I got like a three hour break, then I come back for four or five hours, I got another two hour break, and then I come back to close the bar. So a lot of times it was that that was the toughest part for me at the beginning to to adjust to. Is, is learning when to take a nap. <laughs> okay. So this, okay, this is interesting. So are you, are you the type of person that is able to take a nap? Like you shut your eyes and then uh, 15 seconds later you're asleep. Are you someone like that? By nature? No, but do a couple of weeks in Clement and, and I think everybody becomes. <laughs> okay. Now, did you, when you became a, a Bargio, did you quickly realize like, Hey, I don't have to do shows or arrivals or departures. Did that ever cross your mind? Did you say, well, wait a minute, I want to do shows or were you good with not being on stage right away? Well, uh, you know, it's, it's again, you know, walking into this, this mythical uh, company because it's, it's, it's really like, I didn't know much about it. So I didn't even know about shows and arrivals and all that, you know, when I started my first couple of weeks and, and to be honest I was I was kind of happy that I didn't ha- did not have to participate because we were already I was already doing my 12 13 hour work at the bar you know like every other geos are doing their 12 13 hour work whether it's in their function or it's at arrivals or at shows or you know it's 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 long days uh fun days but long days so at the beginning I, I didn't really know that I did not have to do it it was, it was just it's just happened I think after a couple of weeks that I've been there uh, a geo that from another from the skinetic that I got more friend with and all that and they was like yeah man you guys are lucky you know you don't have to stay for rehearsals and, da, 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 and then be back up in the morning like he was like really like saying man this is a good gig that to be at the bar and I was like I'm supposed to do that <laughs> so it was really like 
Oh, okay. I didn't well, know that was well, not, well, no, you don't. I mean, there <laughs> no, are, you don't have to do it. But I was like, okay, a geo does that. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. There are people that always volunteered, like from the services that never had to. So when you saw one volunteering, it was it's like, wow, okay, you don't have to be here. You know that, right? You know. <laughs> but but it but it's it's actually then, and that's pretty much what happened to me. It's like in in, in that first season there. At one point, I went to because I, I come from a musical background. You know, like I told you earlier. So I'm, I'm used to stage, I'm used to do shows, I'm used to do that, and, and I enjoy it. So I went to, I don't remember who, what, was, what his name was, but I, after the, that season with Hammer ended and I started my real first season after, um, I went to see the, uh, the, the choreographer at one point. I said, look, I, you know, I know Bart's stuff because our schedules and this and that, but if you ever have something small or whatever you want me to do, it's like, I, I'd like to participate. I would love it. And um, but in, in that season, it never happened. I started doing the shows in the season I met you in in uh, 2004. OK, uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get to that later. But yep. I did some staging there and in, uh, in those years. So in in in, uh, in Cancun in 2000, my first season, I did play my saxophone a couple of times, especially when we had that uh, we had the uh, RSVP group. So for those uh, that are listening that don't know what RSVP group is, it's um, it's an and it changed name a couple of times in the years. And now I, th- I think you mentioned to me, Greg, that it's called something else now when we talked a couple of weeks ago. So it's it's a group that that organized traveling and, and, and resort vacations and all sorts of vacations for uh, for the gay community. Yeah. So they, they rent the entire village. They do a, what we call a rent a village. So basically it's only their group that are in the village. There's no one else. And you, you spend a week with these wonderful people. I mean, it's 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 still up to this day. One of my favorite memories is that week with the RSVP group when I was in the Cancun in 2000. Yeah, they have like Atlantis for men, Olivia for women. So but Yeah, you're so, right. It's called Atlantis so, now. You're right. Okay, so you had Atlantis there. There were uh, um so they bought out the whole the whole week, right? Usually they buy out the week. Is that true? Exactly. Yeah, the entire week. So and, and, and yeah, it's it's and and like I services some of my best memories are from that week. So so I played music and that so they they had a uh, Clement Arces that came for that week and she was uh, like on piano she was in all the the like I said all the, the happy hour uh, music and you know if, uh, after the first couple of days we started chatting she came to the bar have a drink and we started chatting about music and I said you know what I play saxophone and they said and one thing led to other she goes well you got to play with me she goes you have it with you I said of course I my saxophone travel with me pretty much everywhere I've been in the world and uh She's like, well, you got to play with me. So I was like, well, it's kind of hard because I'm always been in the bar. So I talked to my chef at the bar. I said, look, she'd like me to do some stuff with her. Is it? And we try to fix it together. I said, you know what? I got a good idea. I told the girl, I said, my day off is Friday night. And it's like, it's not your last night, but it's like, it's going to be the weekend. And you guys are leaving on a Sunday. I go, how about Friday night? I do the gig with you if you want, you know? And then we set it up that way. So yeah, on the Friday night, I just came with my horn on my night off, just got on stage with her and we played for like a couple hours and such a great experience doing that. Now, was she a singer or did she play an instrument? So she was a singer, a keyboard and singer. So she, oh, okay. she uh, yeah, so she was a solo act, uh, like, like a little bit like a piano, uh, piano lounge type of thing she was doing, you know? So no, we had a great time. It's like, uh, oh man, it's, it's, it's I, like, you know, the, the, the three times I went to Clem Ed, the, the three separate times I went in the, in the years, that first, the, those first couple of months there in Cancun are still probably some of my favorite memories. Okay, let me ask you a, a before Club Med question because I don't get many uh, bargios on the show. Do you recall what your biggest tip was while you were bartending in Montreal? Does it? Do you still remember it? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm sure if it was a pretty big tip, you would remember, right? Like, do you recall? Yeah, no, I'm laughing because I'm like, yeah, you're right. When you Club Med, you don't get tips. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're going to get to that, okay? But uh, but I'm just curious. Do you recall? Oh what, my god, you recall, uh, my what, biggest hundred hundred dollars? Is it? Where is it up? Was it higher? I was higher than that. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I was higher than that. Well, and, and, it, and it goes with the, the the bill that the guys rack up too, you know? True. Uh, you don't get a hundred bucks for serving one beer, you know? I'd say my, my biggest tip was, uh, it wasn't even behind the bar. I was a server in a fine dining restaurant uh, in, in the West Island, Montreal. A buddy of mine had opened the restaurant. That's like years after my Clement time. And um, I, I went there for the first like year and just helped them out at the, at the opening. And I was there as a server. I mean, it must have been like around 150 or 200 bucks on a bill. Okay. The bill was like, it was like, and it was like a couple. It was two people. They were having like crazy expensive bottles of wine. They were like, they were really celebrating something. And at the end of the 
when they left, they were super happy. I look at the bill and you see this, this amount of dollars and you're like, holy crap, did they make a mistake? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they're already gone. And you go see the boss because they, they were friends of my owner. And I was like, hey, man, it's like I, before I, you know, pass it in. Are you comfortable with that? And he goes, man, you, they give it to you. You deserve it. It's your money. Like, cool. <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, in this industry, it's, it's, you, you get those like I'm talking about that you got a great experience with some customers and they appreciate, they give you like extra money and it's, it's always great. And then you get the opposite people that just uneducated about the tipping system that we have in North America. Cause it's, you know, if you think about Europeans or even other places, like even Australians and, and other places in the world, the way we do our, our restaurant business in, in, in the States and in, uh, well, Mexico also. So North America in general, it's really specifics to where we are. It's there, there's very other, few other countries that your server salary is based on the tip you're going to give them. Well, I have a question for you. Like I've never asked this question on the show before. So this is for any uh, XGOs listening or any, any GMs. Okay. So assuming hypothetically you're at the bar, we know we can't tip. So if a GM can't use money and let's just say looks are not a factor. Okay. What is, what is like, what have you found to be, let's just say the bar is really crap, really crowded. Like what, what, what's a trick that they could do to stand out, to get, to get served first. Is there anything like that? Like, have you picked up on this at all? Like, so they can't tip you looks are not a factor. Like I said, is there something relationship to get, to get the attention? Like yeah, is there, build a relationship with your bartender at the, um, at the beginning of their week is what you're saying. Yeah, it's like, it's like if, if you know, it's a, and it's about personalities too. You know, there's there's GMs that I've met in 2000 and then they got into a full four. And when I went back in 2019, that I know I'm going to remember these people for the rest of my life. And, and, and like I said, it's not about looks. It's not about anything else. It's really about the relationship I had with these specific people. And, and there's some of those people that I will never see again in my life because it's just life is how it is. But I will remember till the day I die because it's, they were incredible people that I got to meet and, and interact with and, you know, nice people. And then with, with a great personality with, you know, a lot of stories to tell. And so, so build that relationship with your bartender, wherever you go, you know, whether, it, whether it's a local employee or, or an international employee that's behind the bar, if, if you want to get, you know, a notice when you get to the bar, find time to do that. I mean, obviously don't do it on the, at the nightclub at 11 o'clock when they just open and it's Friday night and everybody's there. I mean, they won't have time to talk to you, but these bar geos, they, they move around all the bars in, in the resort and you'll see these people again. And, you know, at lunchtime or, or when you go for your coffee or, or some people go for their first drinks, you see them at a, at a more quiet time, you know, like after, after the second set, when it's quieting down before dinner, Hey, you know, start asking them about, you know, about them because we're as geos, we used to, you know, talk, obviously that's our job or part of our job and, and, and not just a job because we like doing it for there because we like the interaction with people. If not, we would not be geos. So we always ask, you know, to you guys uh, talk to the gyms right now. They're always saying more, you know, like where you're from, how you doing, like what, what you do for a living. Uh, and we try to get, you know, and from like we, we try to get more to learn about you and, and, and make it fun for ourselves, too. And, and not not that often the, the table gets turned on us. So if you want, so here's a trick, you know, you want to, you want that, that bartender to remember you. And every time you get to the bar to, to get ahead of line, Hey, pay attention, like start paying interest to, to that person. Whether, like I said, whether it's a local or an international deal, it's the same thing, you know, talk to them, uh, try to learn a few things about them uh, and build that rapport. And, and that's the best way to climb it to, to get that service. I mean, and, and you know, like we're, we're not allowed to tip, but there, there's always ways to do it. If you really want to do it, you know, we, we don't, we obviously don't encourage it. We don't push for it because it's a company that's built that way. But there's always ways to to show your your, your appreciation to a to a G or that that or a G G the, the the local employees that that they give you great service. There's always different ways uh, to do it. Yes, I would. I, I you know I believe in that policy, so I would always refuse. But the very very smart ones would uh, leave an envelope for me at reception after they've gone. You, go. you know what <laughs> I mean? Like. Like, oh, you got yeah. me. Okay. Even after saying no, I'll leave. During your answer, you said stories to tell. You mentioned stories to tell. So let's take a story break. Do you have any stories from your uh, first season? Like, uh, I don't know, geo, classic geo blunder, mistake, fish out of water. Uh, does anything, <laughs> anything, yeah, ha- anything happen? <laughs> uh, you know what? It's it's my first season. Like the, the, the thing I'll, I often come back to is always the, uh, that RSVP or, or uh, you called it, um, Oh my God! Uh, Atlantis. 
Atlantis uh, group, you know. And uh, that week, like I said, I, I still to this day, one of my favorite week in Clement, you know, like I had a lot of great memories from Clement. I had a lot of great times. But that week is still today one of my favorite week uh, as, as a geo. So, like I said, you know, the village empties out on the thing. I think they were arriving Saturday, if I remember correctly. So Friday, all the, you know, all the GMs, they leave. Friday night, there's no one in the village. They're just geos because we know and then we're prepared. There's not much to do to prepare for them because they bring out all their entertainment. They bring all their everything they want to do, they bring. So we basically have a night off, which is pretty rare on a Friday night to have a night off. So like, you know, our bars were still open. The restaurant was still open because, you know, even the geos, we still have to eat and drink. But it was very quiet. And then Saturday happens. And then you got buses after buses after buses. You know, you go from zero to, I think there were like six or 700 people coming all at once in the village. And then obviously this is like a big arrival day. Like like you probably knew, Greg, in, in your first couple of seasons, like back in the days when it was just shuttles arriving and, and you, you basically do a full switch of the village on the same day. So those days usually... You know, there's no activities happening in the village and everybody that's there is helping out to bring people to the rooms and all that. So it was exactly like that that day. So I'm, as, as a fairly new geos, geo, I, my, my job was basically to take these people to their rooms with their luggage and just like talk to them about the village a little bit like a, a lot of us were doing because the bar itself was not really open since there was no one in the village. I'm bringing this, uh, these two men, this couple, this married couple to, to their room. Uh, they're from uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, great guys. Uh, Wayne and... Oh, I forgot his husband's name. Oh, I'm, I'm so impressed. Name. I'm so impressed you remembered one of their names. Okay, yeah, this so, is well, 20, 22 years ago. Okay. I mean, Wayne Gooch. I mean, and if he's ever find this 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 thing, man, I, I met him again in, in Punta Cana in 2019 by pure accident. So we kind of reconnected in 2019. So this this, this amazing man is like, my God, just, just to give you guys a physical uh, idea of what he looks like. He, I'm, I'm 5'11", close to 6, and he had a full head uh, higher than me. He was this, this tall man, built like a football player, a beautiful black man, sense of humor like crazy, big smile. His husband was like super, like it was more of a quiet uh, type, but very sweet man. So both of them, like, you know, you look at them, you're like, wow, man, this is love. This is beautiful. Bring them to their room. We kind of connected a little bit and we chatted. They come back to the bar and, and it's like he adopted me as his adoptive son, basically, for the entire week. I was his son. Uh, he was I was under his protection. Nobody could could touch me. You know, that was like kind of that and, and, and in a good way. Don't get me wrong. It was like it was like a fun way. It was it, it, there was humor in it. And then we so we had a great week all week. So by the end of the week, uh, like like I was saying, the, those groups, they do their activities. They got parties planned they got this they got that it's 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 so animated for them and and they participate the participation is incredibly high they really have fun it's like the, the, this this community i've learned more to appreciate that community when in, in that week they know how to have fun and clean fun you know like they, they know how to have fun so on the i think it was the friday night the, the either the night they were leaving or the night before they were leaving they do a big show and it's a big drag show so all the all the, 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 the gay men that do drags, they, they do their show, they brought in all their costumes, all that. And my, my new friend, Wayne, he's like, Eric, you're going to come and see the show. I'm in it. I was like, oh, man, Wayne, I'm, I'm at the bar. I don't think I'll be able to step out of the bar because we're still busy, even though you guys are doing your show. As like, I'll try, but I don't think I'll be able to. And obviously, we, we got busy during the show anyway, so I wasn't able to step out and, and try to see his part. So the show ends, and then we see everybody coming back from the, um, from the theater. And then I hear this this high, little high and, and 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 just to give you guys an idea, this man's got he's got a, a deep voice. You know, he's got a you know, he's a big guy and he's got the voice that goes with his his, his physique. I heard this little high-pitched voice coming, Harry, Harry. And, and I'm like, I turn around and I see this tall man with a beautiful purple dress, uh, legs that are like almost higher than I am, and these tall little uh, shoes that must have been like at least five, six inches high heels this long wig the the makeup and uh, honestly he was a beautiful woman <laughs> to be honest coming you know in, in, in his character still in, in his drag queen character and coming to the bar and all like flirty and all that and i just i was i got floored i was like wow man this the, the transformation that that had happened when he put his costume on i was impressed and, and i just i i just got floored i got stunned 
is, is probably a better word. I just froze for a couple of seconds, easily looking at it. And he, and he looks, and he saw my reaction. He starts laughing. He starts laughing with this beautiful, big voice. And, and he could see that he got me, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, oh, man, but that, that was just like such a great memory to see that happening. You know, this, this, this wonderful man and couple that I, all week that we connected, we talked about so, so many different things, philosophy and, 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 you know, so many different subjects. And then at the end, this is, I see this, this man dressed in drag. And, and like I said, he really was a beautiful woman dressed in drag coming in front of me. And, and like you said earlier, it's like 20 some years ago, it's still fresh in my mind like it was yesterday. Yeah, oh, it's a great story. Very nice. Very nice. Now, in your year, in your year at Cancun, now before I met, so you finished in 2001, I met you 2004. Did was there a second yeah. season in there or did you take a break? You know, it's it's my 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 first comment experience was like I, like I was mentioning at the beginning. You know, I I walked into this 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 team of legends, you know, and, and it was incredible, you know, and, and they welcomed me like uh, like brothers and sisters. And it was like it was incredible. And then obviously they started leaving. And, and you know, when, when you get a climate, you I think it's something, at least back in the days that we didn't emphasize enough on the new geos is like emotionally it's going to be hard. Because you meet people and they leave, you meet people and they leave, you know, it's like you, you meet a great GM on the Monday and then on the Sunday they're back home and, and, and then someone else comes in. And, and emotionally, sometimes it's hard. It's, it's uh, there's people you connect with and then they're gone, you know. And in 2000, the Facebook of the world did not exist. It was harder to keep in touch with people back then. Uh, we still bought those uh, minute cards to, to put in the payphone that was in the middle of the village to call back home and say hi to mom and dad, you know. So it was a bit harder to keep in touch. So I got this amazing team and they all leave like in November-ish. And then we got a, the, the team we had for the winter was more of a rookie or team, like a Europe, uh, mainly European uh, chef de service, like managers, and, and a lot of newer people, like uh, not as seasoned as, as, as before. So I would say probably like more of a regular season. But for me, coming from that last month or so with, with, with that like elite team, thinking that that was club, man, I was like, ah, cool, you know, I'm having fun. And then the, the Swisher Village was hard on me. Still made some great friends and we had a good time during the winter, but but I it wasn't like you know, like I was missing something. And at the end of the season, I was like, no, I'm done. Like I've done my experience, I'm done. I, I wasn't thinking about coming back to Clement at, at all. I was like, okay, I'm done, I'm going home. I, you know, that's it for me. I'm gonna find something else. So it was hard for that for me our first season. Uh and then 2004, like you said, I came back. Well, yeah, well, what, what are the what are the odds that you go back three years later and Red and Freddie are there? You don't have yeah, Hammer. You don't have Hammer, but now you have Hendel from from Montreal. There you go. So you, who, I know, like, who, who had I another know. who had another dream team? So since this was your second season, you probably saw that that team was was stacked as well. Correct. Totally did. And, and, and you know, like you said, it was my second season uh, like years after. I, I knew what I was like at that point, I knew what I was getting myself into. So I knew what to expect. I knew uh, I was way more prepared than I was on the first time. So as, as a Jew and, and, and also the, the way I came back in 2004, the chef de bar at that time, Sebastien, um, that I met in Turks and Caicos. On I went on vacation in Turks and Caicos between those two seasons to some friends that I made in Cancun. They were there and I just took a, a week vacation there. And I met Sebastien. I was chef de bar in Turks and then he, he got to Cancun. And we connected very well, me and him. We're like, we, we really got, we had some fun and we connected. And the way I came back in 2004 is I was kind of contemplating it to go back to club. I was kind of missing. I was, I felt that, you know, when I left, I was like, mm, I think I left too fast. Like I didn't finish what I started. It felt like that for me. It felt like I still had something to learn out of Clement. And a, a good friend of mine that she, she, she's my Clement sister. We met in 2000 and we've, we've stayed in touch since, which is probably one of my best friends uh, that I have uh, right now. Uh, well, not right now in, in, in my life. And she was very close to Sebastian also. And I had mentioned to her a couple of times, say, you know what, Nancy, I'd like to go back to another season club and maybe two. I don't know. It's like, I feel like I'm, I missed something. You know, I left too fast. You guys stayed and, you know, you had those experiences. And I'm like, I, I missed something by, by not staying. And, you know, we talked about that a couple of times. And then at one point she calls me up. She goes, Eric, uh, Seb's the bar manager there. there uh, he's got major issues at the nightclub. He's looking for someone and he'd like to have you. You know, I was like, oh, that's cool. So we got in touch. And that's basically how uh, I got there. I got there to uh, to help him uh, manage the, the nightclub at the Cancun uh, Resort in 2004. That's how I got back. 
Okay, well, it's just pretty good that you got Cancun twice because a lot of people request Cancun uh, and they don't never get it because <laughs> you know it's a special village. So it's 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 nice that you got it twice and that you knew you knew your chief of bar going in. There's a big Montreal contingent there uh, that season for sure. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We had a a lot of people. Like the yeah, we had a f- bunch of people from the Quebec region, Montreal for sure. We had you know, we had a pretty good bar team that season. We really did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you did, you did. And um, was it rough, like going back to your first season? Like maybe you're you're accustomed to working Christmas and New Year. So in Montreal, did you have to work uh, Christmas and New Year sometimes in a bar or restaurant? Oh, always, always. Okay, so working, doing it in Club Med was wasn't anything different for you then, right? No, it's, it's, it's you know you, you work in the the food or bar industry or you know hotels or whatever it is in that industry. You, you know going in that. You won't have off Easter weekend. You won't have off on Christmas and New Year's Eve. You won't have off, you know, all the all the times that most people get off and have family time and then and, and do things. When you're in that industry, it's no. This is when people come to your resort or to your bar or to your restaurant. So you need to be there to serve them. So yeah, no, that I knew. Did you meet any uh, celebrities or athletes your first season at all? Anyone that you recall? That's Anyone a good question. Famous? Uh, no, well, you'd, rem- you, you, you'd oh. remember if you did, like a hockey player. Yeah, football, no. You know, okay. At my first game. season, no. No? No, not my first season. None that I remember. And you're right. You, you remember those things. But no, my first season, I don't remember meeting anyone. Uh, like, celebrities that, that would stand out, you know? Like, you, you meet the, the, these odd the actors. Like, like there, there's a few Quebec actors that came uh, in, in those years that I remember seeing, like, on the week, but not nothing that it'd be like oh my god <laughs> okay well did you you must did, what about your second season in cancun this season uh, that we worked together were there any there well i if i remember correctly we had we had some uh mexican um uh, uh, celebrities that came so, they, soap opera yeah they were filming yeah, they, did, uh, eh? they, they were they, filming they, and, they, they filmed the soap opera so i mean for me I didn't really know who they were, but I remember all our RGs or our, our, our local employees. Wow. You know, it was like, oh, my God, this is so and so and this is so and so. And they were like all impressed. And and, and and it was and that's when, you know, you, you realize that, OK, these people are big here. <laughs> you know, it's like everybody was like, yeah. So I remember that. That was a that was a fun. They were there for a couple of weeks or two, three weeks, if I remember correctly. Yeah. They were there for a while. Well, you, well, you were, when you were at the bar, so is it true what we see on movies and TVs that you're, you kind of act as, I don't know, psychiatrist or marriage therapist? Is this true? Like, do people come to you with your problems so when you're true. behind a bar? Okay. Did you ever get anyone out of a jam? Okay. <laughs> or give them good, good advice? So, so yeah. So, so, you know, full disclaimer on this one, we're, we're not mental health professionals. And you are not uh, a licensed therapist, right? Yeah, we're not therapists. Okay. We don't okay. replace a group psychiatrist, a group psychotherapist, or whatever it is. Okay. So don't go to your bartender to hope for you know fixes. Your bartender is going to serve you a drink and make you feel good for a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so full disclosure. But right. that said, but that said, you know, uh, yeah, no, I've I've had even in Cancun, uh, like I mean, in other areas like that than Clement, but even in Clement, I've I remember um, having people come to the bars. Especially when, when you're at the annex bars, you know, like uh, when we're in Cancun, you had the, the Palapa bar there that, that, I, that I was at for, for a little bit of time. And those, those annex bars are usually more quiet. They usually, you know, so, so the people that come, they sit down, you have more time to talk with them and interact. And, and it's funny because I don't remember the names, unfortunately, but I got like three or four people that, that I see their faces now that we're talking. And I remember the, like in different times, you know, in different periods in the, of the season. And, and having these people coming almost every time and start talking and and they would actually share some of their burdens and and then and, and you could see that they just needed someone to talk to it which happens often in, in any type of bars you know you got someone that comes a bit down and you know it, it takes a certain per- personality to be a bartender to start with but you also would experience start you know picking up on those little cues and and you learn how to make people talk you know, and, and, and someone that wants to talk, that feels like they just want to unburden themselves with something or they just want to, you know, sometimes you just need to say things in your life. Just doesn't matter who's listening. You just need to get it out of your mind and just try to figure things out. And and often uh, as a bartender, you become that sounding board. And, and yeah, no, in Cancun, uh, Cancun and yeah, mainly in Cancun, it, it, it happened more than once. So, so there is that little part of it, you know, of, of the job. Okay, now getting back to your intro. 
So, you know, you think you're done. You leave uh, Cancun. Yeah, we left in 2005. Fast forward to 2019. Somehow you're in Punta Cana. You go back to... Now, how did that happen? Like, did someone reach out to you? So Punta Cana, to tell the how and why I went back, it's it got to go uh, like two years prior. So two years prior, I would left the job I had. I, I've, I've been management all my life, you know, and I left the hotels uh, in 2009, if I remember correctly-ish, or 10 in those years. And I went to different industries and, I, you know, I, I did my career. And in 2018, I had started online a little um, uh, store for uh, uh, balsamic uh, vinegars and, and olive oil that were uh, flavored in 2017. And in 2018, I just decided I was going to do full plunge and go full in on my own business and open an actual boutique here in Montreal in the Myland area. So, and, and unfortunately, I've learned the, the biggest lesson I've learned in business is it's easier to manage someone else's business than your own. <laughs> So a few mistakes were made. So I like my boutique had a couple of months of, of shelf life, you know, so by, you know, I opened and somewhere in, what was it? I'm trying to remember. It was in March or end of February, March, I think I opened. And by the end of July, I just decided to put the keys in because it just, I, it wasn't working out. And it's, it's hard because you're, it's, it's, it's a concept and the, the product I was, I was importing it. But the concept and the idea and the and everything behind it, even the logos and and the designs and the bottling and all that, everything I came up with. So it was like a little baby that I that I you know nursed for like a couple of years until I decided, okay, now I'm going in. And and to decide that, okay, well that baby is too ugly, I need to to shut it down. Uh, it's a very tough and emotional decision because it's a failure. You know, it's 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 a good failure in the sense that there's no bad failure in business. You know, you always learn something from it. I've learned so much from that experience, but it's still a failure nonetheless. So emotionally it was hard. So, and, and I was like, okay, so now what am I going to do? I don't have a job. I'm, I mean, money-wise, forget it. It's all in the, it's all in that business that I just, you know, sunk. So what best way to take a year off life and to rebuild yourself and, and to not, not having too many worries is I should go back to Club Med. I was like, well, you know what? I'll do two seasons as a bartender. I mean, I'm a little bit older, but, you know, why not? And I'll have some fun for a year and then I'll figure out what I want to do after. So Handel, that was still with the company at the time, uh, he was uh, at that point, he was the head of recruiting in North America. He had left Villages not long before that. And I sent a quick message saying, you know, remember me? We worked together in 2004. I'd be willing to give you guys a year if you guys need people, you know, and I know Clement always needs good people. I was like, I'll be a bit willing to give you guys a year. I got a year to give you wherever you want to send me, whatever you want me to do. I can do pretty much everything. Here's my resume. I'll be at Bargio. I'll wash dishes, whatever you need. I just, me personally, I'm telling you right now, cars on the table. I just need a year of, you know, out of, out of my skin and just have fun and not worry about tomorrow. So I called me back and we back and forth on the phone a few times and they, they found me a place in the, so before I got to Punta Cana in 2019, I spent two months in Cancun. So I, the first job I wanted was like, hey, I'll, I'll take sommelier at the Turks and Caicos. I was like, wow, Turks and Caicos will be awesome. I'll be a sommelier. Uh, I'll go dive. Uh, wait, uh, wait a minute, Eric. Wait a minute. Wait. There's yeah. actually a position. Uh, uh, there's actually a sommelier in Turks and Caicos. Oh, there is now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my God. Okay. <laughs> we, we have sommeliers now in, in, in Clement. They, Are you oh, serious? Oh okay. yeah, that, that, okay. I never. I don't thought. know when they started doing that, but they have a full cabave. We have sommeliers. Obviously, you pay oh. for the one that they're there. Okay, so those right. are charged. But but no man, they they have created something really nice in every village. And so yeah, sorry. No, <laughs> so I got sommeliers now. Good to know. So, good to know. So that's the job I wanted. I was like, man, that's gonna be awesome. It's, I, you know, you get paid min well, minimum base wage that you get for climate, which is not much, but then again, you get zero expenses or almost. You know, so I was like, cool, I'll be great for a year. I'll just have fun, meet people, just chat and, you know, enjoy the beach. And that was my mindset. And I was, we were working towards that. And then at one point uh, he calls me up and goes, oh, you know what? You're not going to go to Turks and Caicos. We're going to send you to Cancun. They need someone at the, um, uh, at the Jad there, which is the uh, exclusive area. So in Clement now, for those, those that are listening that are not familiar with that, Clement a couple of years ago, I don't remember how long ago exactly, they've created... A uh, similarly, a lot of hotels are did for for many years. 
So a, an exclusive area within the, the village. So an area where it's a bit more pricey for the room, but you get a lot more service. You get room service to your room. You get, uh, you have, there, there's a bar and a little restaurant-ish. Like you, you get snacks and different different food there that you can get within that area where you are. And it's, it's, a, it's more private. Uh, it's a bit more quiet too. And uh, so people that are there, it's like, and it's, it's higher end service than, than you would get at the other restaurants or bars. So they like they need a manager there for the for the food and beverage. Goes uh, that's where you're going. Like oh man, I said I didn't want a big job, you know. I just wanted to relax. I said okay, I'll take it. So I got there and I did like a month and a half, two months there. Helped them to you know bring it back. They they were having a few issues, so my manager skills came into play and we we, we built it back a little bit. And I guess I guess I kind of I got noticed by people because then you know. A couple of months later, now I'm there. I get an email from our, uh, our recruiter uh, that's, in, that's in charge of our the um, uh, the one that sends us to the villages. And she goes, Eric, Punta uh, Cana wants you. You're going to be, uh, so you're leaving in like five days. I was like, what do you mean I'm leaving? <laughs> so I call her up directly. I said, I'm going to call you. I said, I, I don't want to leave. I'm happy here. I'm having fun, <laughs> you know? She's like, well, you know, you, you got a handpick. They got this big project there. The they're, they're, they're revamping the lounge. They need someone there to oversee it and, and, and take charge of it. So it was a bit of back and forth, I'll be honest with you. And then when, when I tell that story, I usually say, I said no three times. <laughs> I don't know if I really did say no three times, but like I, I didn't really want to go. And then at one point, I was, she's like, well, your replacement's arriving tomorrow. So if you want, you can go back to Montreal. And that was like January. Nah, so, that, so she. Played, I, was, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so she played the, the. Do you really want to go back? Yeah. Going to do what we're asking. Well, that's the best <laughs> card to play, right? You tell anyone from Montreal, you could, you could be on a beach, Eric, or be in Montreal. I'll take the beach. <laughs> and she was like, "We'll, we'll find you another village, but you'll have to go to Montreal for a couple of weeks." And then I was like, "Okay, okay, you got yeah, it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll go to Punta Cana. <laughs> always works <laughs> no no i'm making it i'm making it sound worse than it is you know it wasn't like you know so people that are listening they might say well what 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 they, they were taking you love it no it's not that bad i mean I'm, I'm i'm exaggerating a little bit you know for for for, for dramatic uh effect but no it wasn't that bad so uh, finally i i end up at punta cana there and the the lounge there it's a big lounge it's 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 huge uh you got the nightclub with it uh, they're, they're we're serving breakfast lunch dinner snacks in between uh, we have the late snack is at that lounge too. So the, the food side of it is from like 7 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. if I remember correctly. And then you got the nightclub that, that starts basically at that time till like three o'clock in the morning, uh, depending on, the, on the, the, the clientele we have. So for years, they were, they were having issues. Some years were better than others, but the, the clientele satisfaction wasn't great. Uh, they, they were Before I got there, they had already started working on the menu. They, they, we had a consultant from Miami that worked for Clement that was there to try to find the concept, find the, the new menu. Uh, I had a great chef there, Sebastian. That's, I believe, is the exec chef in uh, Turks Caicos right now. A great partner that I had. Like, it, it, I, I don't think I, we would have had that success, that much success we had uh, at Indigo if Sebastian was my head chef there, guaranteed, because he's, my God, the, the things that they did in the kitchen was awesome. So basically, I got there, and my, my job was to make sure that this lounge went from one that people complain about all the time to one that everybody wanted to be there all the time. And, and we achieved that within a few months. And, and we did it within a few months because we had no choice to do it within a few months. We had, so I got there somewhere in February, mid-February. Actually, no, you know what? I got there on St. Valentine's Day. That's true, I remember now. I got there on February, uh, the, the 13th and the 14th was my first day working there because they, were, they had this big Valentine's dinner with the, I was like, you know, you're arriving somewhere and it's like, okay, what's happening? That's a bit how it felt that day. So anyway, so we had, I think we had less than two months to turn everything around because we were having all the big CEOs of Club Meds arriving. I think it was like a month and a half, two months after I got there. So we had to prove to them that we had a new concept, that the, the staff was trained, that we could do something with it. Uh, and it was in the same times that the, the final preparations for Miches, with Miches which is uh, the second uh, Five Trident uh, village that they opened. It wasn't finished building at that time, and they were, they were like still negotiating some certain things. So we basically had to prove to them that we could do something in Punta Cana so that they would be more confident with Miches. Miches. You know, so, so like in, in, in the nutshell, it was something like that. So there was a lot of pressure on, on that little lounge and, and not just us, obviously the entire village was under pressure because the entire village was under the, the microscope 
again because they were opening this new five star five trident resort well they want to make sure that the one we have already there in that region is already working well and, and, and there's no issues so we got it done we left a lot of blood on the floor <laughs> a lot of a lot of sweat you know it's an expression obviously not literally but we got it done so that's so they pulled me back in to basically manage one of their biggest lounge great experience though and and, and it, it, it it on a personal note it served me well because it really got me out of my failure from the year before like it got me back on hey you know what i can do this you know so it gave me back the confidence that i kind of lost a, a year prior when i had to close my own business all right and just to because we're nearing, we're nearing the end of our time, but just to close out, you you mentioned a very fun fact in your intro that the same time you were in Punta Cana, your oldest niece was doing her first season in Columbus Isle. So is this the case of where over the years, like she would hear your stories and then apply? Did you get her to apply or she applied on her own? So, you know, the the the, the where was the, 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 the seed that made her want to do it planted? I'm not sure because I've never talked that much about my experiences of climate at home. You know, my niece is like 20 some years younger than me. So, you know, and, and in my eyes, she's still uh, a little baby, you know, like all of them, like I got five of five nieces and, and all of them, when I look at them, they still look like little babies. So th- there's certain things about Clement that I would not talk at family dinners. And then, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm not sure where it came from, but she, they all knew that I work for Clement and this and that. And she, she approached me, uh, the summer I still have my, my, my boutique and she's like, well, I'm interested. I'd like to do it. So I told her, I said, if you really want to do it, I know who you need to talk to, but just make sure you want to do it. Cause if you talk to that person, it might happen fast. So make up your mind, come and see me and then we'll do it. And she was like, no, 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 I really want to do it. Okay, perfect. So I put it in touch with Andal and an LP that were in Montreal. I said, these are the guys and I introduced her to them. And I said, look, she wants to try it out. If you guys have something for her. And then, you know, and then I told my niece, I said, Emily, now it's up to you. I've done my part. If you really want to do it, these are the guys you need to talk to and sell yourself and prove yourself. And that's how it started. She didn't know at that time that I also started my, my, my coming back. Like she didn't know. I didn't want to tell her. So the funniest thing is I, I still had to go through the interview again because they, like I know it's been so long. Clement would like you to do the full interview. People will want to meet you. And this. I said, no problem. So I go to that hotel in Montreal like they used to do back in the days and group meetings again. And the, the little show that was like it's, the, the interview didn't change. I didn't feel like it changed a lot at all from 2000 to 2019. It was the funniest thing. So as I'm doing the like we're finishing the interview that and I leave, we we're about to leave. And my niece was coming back for, for a second call for a callback. So I crossed my niece in the corridor. She looks at me. She goes, Tonton Eric, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> So, and that's how she learned that I was going back to Clement too. So yeah, it's, uh, she loved it. She, she did a season. I, I didn't think she'd do more than that. Maybe, maybe she would do two, but I, but she, she, she loved it. She, she had great experiences. We still talk about it together uh, today. It, it's, 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 I mean, Clement, you, you've done it for a couple of seasons too. It, it, I tell people often, I say, it, it's an amazing experience. It's going to make you grow. You're going to learn things about yourself and about people that you probably would never learn anywhere else. It's going to give you tools and contacts and, and, and a network that you will never build anywhere else. Clement, for me, it's it's brothers and sisters. You know, there, there's geos, including yourself, people that I met in 2000, people that I met in 2019, that I'm constantly in touch with. Uh, and, and when you see these people, it's like it was yesterday. You know, it's like we, 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 we shared that experience together. And if, whether it's 5, 10, 20 years later... It's like it was yesterday. You know, you talk like, a, you know, you saw each other yesterday. And it's, it's the great, it's the beauty of the Clement family there. You know, it's not all, it's, it's hard work. You work hard. You work hard when you're there. But man, it's, it's so, so much worth it. Okay, we're going to end there because what you said was so beautiful. Uh, you and I couldn't improve on that, uh, Eric. So that was <laughs> that was a very good answer. Wow. <laughs> well, uh, geez, I want to thank you, Eric, man, for sharing your, sto- your story with us here today. Uh, very kind of you. Thank you. It's a great pleasure. Yeah, Greg, seriously. Thank, thanks for giving me the, the platform to share that because it's, and as you talk about it, you know, like we share with, I'm sharing with you and all that, all those memories come back in the brain and you're like, oh man, it's putting a big smile on my face right now. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> well, everyone, that was uh, Eric uh, from Montreal and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Say bye, Eric. Bye, Greg. Bye guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>